We're going to finish the Maimer. Maybe we'll be able to start the Maimer on Shabbos. The Rebbe was giving us chizik that even in our times and people like ourselves can somehow fulfill this requirement of of davening b'shem hamafarish in order that our tefillah should be answered. Since it's a requirement of Chazal, that we have to daven b'shem hamafarish, and he brought from the Baditcha from Kedushas Levi, Vayikra Hashem Hashem, that is, if we earnestly make an effort to scream out to Hashem, then Hashem is Kari Lashem. And Hashem has all of the kavanas, appropriate kavanas, and Hashem is Baruch Davin's Kivyachal, takes out Tfilis in that way uh, up to the highest place. So, as far as we're concerned now, the Avaida, the Ikar Avaida, of course, is not, when it comes to kavanas by Shemus Hashem, that we're not, we really are not at all able, of, capable of doing this for the most part. So, mostly, it's, uh, it's, it's the Avada that we're talking about in this Maimur, and he continues and says, Ka'amr l'mayla, Meresh Chav Zayin. Rakim ha'ish Yisrael b'avadosa b'torah mitzvahs, Machshir atzma liyas merkova, Lugalas al-yodo ur kedush ilah, Kam shaloi b'shas ha'tfil. Much of this, of course, of our success and our tfil is being answered, has to do with our working to prepare ourselves in Torah and mitzvahs to be a Merkava, a chariot, to be a means of, of which to be Megala, as we've been learning this entire Maimer, of revealing the light of this higher light of Kedusha. Even Shaloi B'Shas not just to do whatever you want during the day and then to, and then to run into Shul and to Daven. But a person should be Rakba Vaidivla B'Shimush a person who's who's immersed in Avodas Hashem, then tefilos or tefilah. The davening is the davening is a davening. Vafim adlon es kadosh lagamrei. Even if a person has not reached a madrega that he es kadosh lagamrei, a high madrega of kedusha. Rak avodas Hashem. He's an avodas Hashem. He's trying to be an Oyved Hashem. Like I spoke about that yesterday morning, to be an Oyved Hashem, since, since Rus and Boaz had a child called Oyved. So we were talking yesterday morning what that means. What's, what does it mean to be an Oyved? And Chazal, and Chazal told us, Baruch Hashem, in the Gemara, Chagiga, Pazik says in Malachi, that the Shabbos says that the difference between Oved Elokim Asher Loi Avdoi and Oved Elokim is Mishashayne Pirka Mei Pamim Vaachas. That the normal way was to learn was to review the Gemara a hundred times, but the, and that's Asher Loi Avdoi. In those days, when the Torah was was purely Balpe, it was to review one hundred times. And Oved Elokim reviewed reviewed Mei Pamim reviews Mei Pamim Vaachas. He reviews a hundred and one times. And which is connected the tev of a person to do an extra time. And I spoke about that as being the difference between Arpa and Rus. Arpa was, Arpa was crying. Arpa was involved. Arpa was, Arpa loved her mother-in-law, but the bottom line was that she was in that bechina of a hundred. She wasn't an oivet alakim, and Rus was a hundred and one. She she went that extra mile, even though it didn't make sense. She pushed herself, and 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 that's why Chazal say that. That Boaz was an Ayvid Elokim, he was an old person, and he married Rus Lashem Shamayim, and the way he took care of, of Rus. And, and Rus was an Ayvid Elokim, and therefore they were able to have a child whose name was Oved. And, that, and, and Chazal say that he was named after the two Ayvid Elokim that, that were his parents. So the, the Indian of an Ayvid, the Indian of an Ayvid is a person who's trying to, who's, who's, who's trying to go that extra bit. <clears throat> the mayor Pam of Achas, even though it doesn't, even though he, he might not feel it, even though it might not be something which is Alpi Seichel, like we said that by that by Maimon Hasinai, Sakla Yisrael said Nasev Nishma, even though even though the Umas Ha'olam had every reason for for um, declining for declining the Torah, didn't receive the Torah because they asked Makosov, but what, what does it say in the Torah? What does it say? 
And w- once a person already asks, what does it say? So then that's already fulfilled. If Hashem Baruch says, I have a Torah to give, and you say, what does it say? So then it's already, it's already not 101. means that the person goes beyond himself. So that's an Oved Hashem. A person who tries not to do any Averis, he tries to be Megala, to reveal something something of the Kedusha within him. Such a person also certainly, not only can he daven, but he, he's in the category of being Mispal B'Shem Amafresh. As we learned, he could daven and not, not be afraid. His tefillahs, we don't realize this. Rabbi Yosheb Esalavetzi, wrote a great deal about this. And he spoke much more than he wrote. But the whole fact that we take davening for granted. Not only that, we think we're doing the Baruch on the faith when we come to daven. Like it's a Gavaldigir thing that we got up and went and we go to daven. Like we're doing him a big taiva. The truth is it's a pella, it's a wonder that we're even allowed to daven. How dare a bunch of worthless worms even approach the Rabbani Shalom and to speak to him about their personal needs as if as if he owes anybody anything that we sh- that we even have a right to come to him is is an unbelievable chiddush and Rabbi Yosheber taught in halacha how how we need the chlal amatir to even permit us to approach him it's not a pasha that we could approach him if anybody would even try if anybody would try to to go to see the president now they they'd, they'd arrest him and throw him in jail. And at best, you know, like I know that my kids, you know, they, they wrote some letters to the president, and he sends back this, you know, the uh, the White House sends back this thing with his picture and stuff. It's a, you know, this this letter. But to be able to go speak, to be able to go speak to the Rebbe Shlom and to and to pour out your heart and to ask him for your personal needs and on behalf of Klai Yisrael, it's an unbelievable chiddush that a person bechalal kedavin. So. So we have to realize that that we have to machsher ourselves. We have to we have to be machsher ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves and make ourselves worthy to to approach him. Afal Every single Jew certainly can can come to Davin Hashem. And and the fact that a person that a person wants to approach Hashem is Baruch, he's not going to be rejected. But what the Rebbe is talking here is about a higher madrega. Not a person who's totally empty and totally, you know, there's no shaykh to anything. This is a frightening Pasuk in Mishlei, where the Pasuk says that a person who takes his ear away from learning Torah, his davening is also an abomination to Hashem. A person, a person who doesn't learn, a person who doesn't care about learning, his davening is his davening is not received by Hashem. His davening is rejected by Hashem. A person who is a person who is meiser oznam mishmaya taira, he doesn't want to learn. He doesn't care about learning. So gam tfilosa teeva. His davening is ishkan davening. Why is that? Ki einle nefesh gluya, because a person who doesn't learn taira. And the Rebbe is learning this to mean it's not only someone that doesn't sit down for five minutes a day. It means someone who's not an oivet elokim with his learning during the day that he to try somehow on some level to be megala with his learning to to reveal the kedusha within himself. He said, this person who doesn't learn and who's not an oivet Hashem, he says ki nefesh Even though, even though. He might say a few words of davening, but his nefesh is not glue. His soul is shut. It's not revealed. It's not open. He's stockless, and therefore he's not able to. He could say the words and go through the motions, but he's stockless. He's not seeing anything. He's not feeling anything. There's nothing that's happening inside of him. There's no song and there's no davening. I mean, he's chayv. He's a person's chayv to daven. So when it says "gam tefilosa to'eva," an abomination, so those are very strong words. They're very harsh words, and the Swarm talk about what that means. "Gam tefilosa to'eva." That's why we already have built into the siddur little pieces of learning Torah in the siddur. So we say "eludvam shein lam A few people said to me, they're all excited. They, they never noticed what that means. Bikurim, right? "Eludvam shein lam bikurim." I write and give me So we have a little bit of learning built in. Rabbi Shmuel 
Rabbi Shmuel Amar. We have we have we have a little bit of little bits of Torah that are that are woven into the into the into the davening before we get before we get the pesukim the Zimmer, We have pieces of Torah, so that it shouldn't be chalila in the category of gam tefilasa toeva. That's why it's a very very big Indian to learn before davening. It's a big Indian to learn before davening. That that's a hachana. It's a way to prepare. It's a way to prepare for tefillah. And it, and it doesn't really matter which which learning the person does. It doesn't have to be tafke, one learning or another type of learning. The ikr is, the ikr is that the person, as he's going to explain in a moment, that the person's learning is a learning for the sake of what we've been, what we've been talking about this entire maimer, to be megala his neshama and to be attached to Hashem's baruch. And that's what he continues. Avokishayim shahatfilat tzvichel atayra. The same way that davening requires learning. You can't just be a davener. You have to be someone that's trying to learn. And that you and that the entire day, whenever you can, you're a person that you're you're, you're a person that's an Ayyad Hashem. So the same way that your davening requires Torah, Torah also needs Torah also needs davening. Now that seems that seems obvious. He's not talking about a person. He's not talking about a person that that just goes to shul. He's talking about the way that you learn Torah, that the person's Torah learning is itself together with tefillah. As, we, as he brought down from the a letter from the Rav Balatani that we did last week, that through the hisayrus of a person in davening, that's ma'ayra that awakens his ahavas Hashem, his love of God, and his desire to, ladavkabo, desire to be attached to Hashem through Torah and mitzvahs. So the, the way that a person learns Torah is different. Somebody who davens and who really pours his heart out in davening, the, the learning is different. And what the Rebbe explains, which he talks about something which was a point of uh, of contention with the Chassidim and the Misnagim, is the Chassidim that Sadiqim felt very strongly about stopping occasionally from learning in order to daven. That that even in the in the midst of learning, when a person is learning or a person is learning Gemara, that there should be occasional that a person should stop occasionally and to be and to and to uh, spend a few minutes in tefillah. To, to remember why is it that we're learning, and and it's understandable since the Chassidim saw that the ultimate madrega of Talmud Torah of learning Torah lishma was l'shem Hashem was to be dovuk to Hashem to be attached to Hashem, and they pointed out how we have already from Chazal tefillahs when you come into the base medrash that there should be siyata d'shmai with one's learning and that the learning should should be oyla l'mal and should be oyse peiris. And therefore, many of the tzaddikim, uh, many of the tzaddikim instructed the chassidim to to um, to occasionally stop the learning in order to recharge with tefillah. The the misnagdim were very much opposed to that, and and there's a whole different definition of tarlishma as emerges from nefshachaim and other svarim that that's not the meaning of tarlishma. It's Torah for, for the sake of learning Torah. I mean, Mela, whatever happens, happens. But not that it requires, nor should there be interruptions in the learning. Which nowadays, someone was telling this to me. You know, I had like some guy that's still trying to be misnagged. was telling this to me once. And I said, I said, you, you, you're worried about interrupting your learning, like to, to daven for 30 seconds. That you, this is like, uh, you probably spend half your time, you know, getting tea and crackers and calling, you know, calling your wife and uh, whatever. What do you, what do you, this is like, your, this is what bothers you, that the them. You know that the tzaddikim say to daven for a few minutes. You don't have you don't have five minutes, the whole day to take off from learning. It's, come, you know, it's not it's not anymore. It's like you don't see anybody arguing about this anymore. But in those days, in those days when when it was a, when it was really really serious, when you had such intense. When there was such an intense, I'm mean, not saying that nowadays you don't have a few people like that, and, and you know those few people don't have to bother with these things anyway. They're okay, but but ruba the ruba, if a person would stop, if a person would stop every once in a while for a minute and and, and have a little tefillah, 
uh, it certainly would help the Torah and there would be his service in the Torah. That's what he says. This is a big yisod by all the time of the That during the time that you're learning and concentrating on learning, the Torah needs trila. The Torah needs davening. Rabbi Nachman, of course, took this to the next level. And Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nachman spoke very strongly about making all of one's Torah to change all of Torah into trila, to make the Torahs into trilas. And <clears throat> and that when you learn something, that when you learn something, the way Rabbi Nachman understood it was not just a question of davening regular tefillas, but that that subject that you're learning, you should you, you should daven for, right? You should daven whatever it is that you're learning. You should you should change it. You should make it into a tefilla, which is the basis of all of Lukutei tefillas that we have from from Rabbi Nelson Bressler. Rabbi Nachman told him to make. Rabbi Nachman said, "Take the tires that you have for me and make them into tefillas." And we have. Hundreds and hundreds of tefillas from Nelson Brestel, unbelievable tefillas. That when you learn a Torah and Lukut Maran from Rabbi Nachman, so then you could you could learn you could learn a tefillah, not learn you could daven you could say a tefillah to bring that Torah that you just learned from Rabbi Nachman to to help bring it into your life and to and to uh, become something which is lamaisa part of your life, which is which is unique in the Torah of Brestel, even though all the chassidim. Certainly believe in this, and it's found throughout the Swamakadashim here and there, little bits of this. But by, but by Rabbi Nachman, it was the site of his entire of his entire way of teaching. They even print they print now Lukute um, Marans, where after instead of having to worry where you're going to find this any place in Lukute Tefilas, they print the Lukute Maran where after each Torah it has the Tefilas from Lukute Tefilas. So you could learn that Torah from Rabbi Nachman, and then right away. After you learn that Torah, or even during that Torah, you could learn, you could, you could dive in the tefillah of how to of how to acquire this Indian in learning that you were just learning about. But you could do that whether you're learning a Gemara, you're learning a Shabbos, whatever it is. It's a very big Indian, which Rabbi Nachman spoke about a great deal of changing Torah to tefillah, of, of joining together the the two days of Shuvas, right? Torah and tefillah is Ma'ish Rabbeinu David Malkim Mashiach. It's Ma'ish Rabbeinu David Amalech. That's what the Indian of Torah and tefillah is. Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu, Zichot Teres Moshe Avdi, and the Shavuos is Moshe Rabbeinu's Yantiv, but it's also David Amalek and the Balshamtiv's Yantiv. So you see that the Rabbeinu Shalom wants that Torah and Tefillah should be joined one with the other; they shouldn't be separated from each other. <coughs> it's the whole the whole union of Torah and Tefillah. It's Malchus Malchus Bez David, Mashiach Ben David, Mashiach Ben Yosef. It's it's not it's not to go into right now, but Torah and Tefillah. Is is joining together the holy yontif of Shuvos is to bring together those two worlds of Torah and Tefillah. And I was explaining yesterday, I was talking to the women in the afternoon, she that 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 you see that that Chazal disagreed, Rav and Shmuel disagreed about Lemi Ivra Alma, who's the ideal Jew? The Gemara asks in Sanhedrin, for whose sake was the world created? Lemi Ivra Alma. Who's the ideal Jew? Who's the greatest Jew? If we could, if we could think of a, of, of, a, of a child being like this Jew, so Shmuel says Moshe Rabbeinu, and Rab says David Amalech, and 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 that's and Shmuel Rashi says Shmuel says Moshe Rabbeinu, Shosle Kabbalas the Torah. Obviously, Shmuel saw that the focus of one's Avodas Hashem is on is on Torah, on the intellect, and Rab said Tefillah. <laughs> The site is David HaMalach She'asad lo'i Mashiach and Tishbachas Therefore, we see that from Rav we have many tefillahs B'schus tefillahs Rav, like Rosh Chayadish Benching But from Shmuel we don't really have We don't have tefillahs, we don't, we don't even have There's only one or two Agadahs from Shmuel Everything is Halacha He was a great mathematician We know from the Kiddush HaChayadish Shvilinli It says, Nehirinli Shvilu Derekilik Shvilu Derekilik Shmuel said that the pathways of the heavens are as clear to him as the pathways of his hometown of Mahadeya. He was a great he was a great intellect and he emphasized that that that's the Ikr Navaidis Hashem is is the intellect. Even though certainly he was an unbelievable tzaddik, but his way was the intellect. And Rav, even though we have many of course there's much halacha from Rav, but from Rav we also see that other side of David Hamalach. And therefore Rav said that the world created for David Hamalach. 
and for the sake of the for the for that ideal Jew of David Amalek, he saw as the ideal Jew. And this has been a machlokes, of course, throughout history. And the machlokes in later times between the Talmudim of the of the Balshemta, the Talmudim HaBalshem, the Talmudim HaGra, and the Talmudim of the Vilna Gaon, which is the Iker in Yiddishkeit, is it is it the the intellect, is it is it the emotional approach of tefillah and singing and so on? That was a machlokes in earlier times as well. By the Rishonim, that was between the Rambam and Rabbi Yehuda Levi. The Rambam, the Rambam, of course, saw the side of one's entire void as being as being Tyra and the intellect. Therefore, the Rambam had to explain how is it possible for there to be his galus of Hashem and Maimon Hasinai for all of Klai. So, how could that be that every Jew become a prophet? According to the Rambam, there are many requirements to, to becoming a prophet, and one of them is that you had to be somebody that was, besides that you was an Adam HaShalom and Yumidis, you had to be a person of, of tremendous learning, of great, of great intellect. So how, how is it possible for Klai to experience Nevoah? So the Rambam has to have a whole explanation of what. There was a miracle, and how could it be, and so on and so forth, and it's a one-time thing. Bilam Lahavdul also had a Nevoah, but, but it's not the same as becoming a Navi. And it's impossible to say that Klayasol reached a Madrega of Navur if they didn't have any proper hachanis to becoming a Navi. They weren't. Uh, they weren't. Uh, they weren't on such a Madrega. Mashaen came Rabbi Yehuda Levi. Rabbi Yehuda Levi's mahalach, of course, was that every Jew has in him this Indian Eloki. There's this godly matter and this godly thing inside of each Jew, a chelagilakami mal, which is ignited by the Dvar Hashem. And for Rabbi Yehuda Levi, there was no problem at all that every Jew experienced prophecy at Maimon Hasinai. There was. There was. Very understandable. And the Machlaikis, therefore, that would be in the generation of the Amoroim between Rav and Shmuel, for whose sake was the world created, for Moshe Ben and for Dovna Malach, and later on in, the, in, in our times between the Balsham, the Tamri Balsham and the Tamri Hagra, this was in the Rishonim, of course, all the Rishonim, different Mahalchim. And, and Rabbi Yudalevi emphasized the way of Dovna Malach, and, and, and the Rabbi emphasized the way of Moshe Ben. And then when it goes back, it goes back. Uh, Amaroim, and it goes back to the Tanoim, Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, and that, Rabbi, that, that, that when, when Rabbi Yechem and Zakai was smuggled out of Yushalayim, and he had that opportunity to ask the, the, the Roman governor for something to be saved, he asked for Yavne, he asked for the Yeshiva, and Rabbi Kiva heard this, he said, that he should have asked for, he should have asked for the Besar Mikdash, and the difference between Rabbi Kiva also, the Rabbi Kiva's, the, the Rabbi Kiva said that the Beis Hamikdash, which is the site of Avodah, is <coughs> Davin Hamelach, and and Rabbi Yehuda Mazaki asked for Tainli Yavne V'Chachamel, and same thing by the Neviim. You had such a thing that that the Gemara says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was going to make Chizkiyah into Mashiach. But the Malachim had a Taina. How can he make Chizkiyah into Mashiach? He never sang any songs. Even though he was a great tzaddik, and the Torah learning that was during his time was so amazing that even every man, woman, and child was bucky in the most complicated halachas of Tum and Tahar, of Nagoyim, and Eilis, all and everywhere in Israel. But the Malachim said, how can you make him into Mashiach? Especially, he's a descendant of those Malachim, not to make him into, into Mashiach, how could it be? If he doesn't sing any, there's no Avaid and Zemiris and Nagunim and so on, how could it be? So the Navi Yeshaya caught wind of this, and the Navi Yeshaya went and he, and he said to Chizkiah, Zamru Lashem, no. sing. But he didn't just mean that moment. He meant, this, this has to become something which is part of your avayda. And he said, Chizkiah said, Mudah Zayis Bechal Haaretz. Why do I have to sing it? Everywhere in all, all of Eretz Yisrael, everybody's learning Torah because of me. And he said, Torah Shadim Lomed, Mechaperes Alai. I'm not that type. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the David Malach type. And the Torah that I'm learning it should be a kapara for me. And in the end, in the end, we know. So it didn't. It didn't work. And that's how one of the tzaddikim explained an amazing thing that before Birchem and Zaket died, the Gemara brought us that when he died, so he was crying and he said, "I don't know where I'm going. Am I going to Gan Eden? Am I going to Gehenim? Birchem and Zakai. How could it be such a thing to, to Gehenim to say? Maybe I'm going to you know in Gan Eden. Where am I going? But to say such a thing." So one of the tzaddikim explained that that the last moment of his life he was he was going back in time to that to that decision that he made. Uh, even though it saved Yiddishkeit and all of Torah, 
But maybe, maybe, maybe Rabbi Kiva was right, and if he would have asked for the base of Mikdash for David Amal's place, that it really would have been there would have been no more tsaris, no more Khurban, and there would have been no in the future he probably saw all the tsaris of Klaus in the future and he and, and he thought that maybe he's going to get him. That choice that he made for the yeshiva, that perhaps he could have asked for the base of Mikdash, even though he considered the base of Mikdash, he didn't think that they'll be answered. But if Yikiva said to it, said he could have been answered, such a thing. That's why the Gemara says that the last words of Rabbi Yechon Zakai before he died was Pnu Kalim and Habai, it's He said, take out the Kalim from the house, because I'm going to die in a minute. And he said, and he said, Vachinu It's an amazing thing. He said, prepare a seat for Chizkiyo. I see Chizkiyo coming. Because Chizkiyo was the one who held Teresh on 11 and Right, he was also of that sheet uh, of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Vilma in that sheet. Uh, and he says, Tarsin Lemon Chaparasalai. So he saw Chizkiyo coming into the room right before he passed away, before he was nifted. In the end, though, the Maskan of the Gemara is that the Torah was, the world was not created for Moshe or for Dovra Malach. It was created for Mashiach Tzakena. And the understanding is that Mashiach Tzakena was somehow contained that balance of those two worlds of the Balsham Tov and the Gro. And what I mentioned yesterday is that in a, in a letter that Rav Cook wrote in response to something that happened that he was very upset about, that there was something that was there was something disrespectful that was said among some Talmud Chacham about, about the Balsham Tov. One of the Talmudim of the Balsham Tov and Rav Cook was very, very shocked by that. And in the end of the letter, Rav Cook wrote that that we've come to the days before Mashiach where we're we were fortunate when we could listen in, to, he said, to the conversations between the, the between the disciples of the Balshamtov and the disciples of the of the Gra, and to prepare to, to and to refine our way of learning in a, in a systematic way, and at the same time to to prepare ourselves in, in tefillah and in song and to, to receive the Ruach Hakodesh that we're that we're about to with Mashiach. And these are the two ways of the Talmudi HaBal Shem, the Talmudi HaGra. And he said, this is, the, this is the, the last moment before Mashiach comes. This is the Iker of our Vaidus Hashem. Rav Kook said, to join together those two worlds of Moshe Rabbeinu and David Amalek. Because Mashiach is the interfacing of the two worlds of Torah and Tefillah. That's what Mashiach means. <coughs> Torah and Tefillah. The perfection of those two worlds of Torah and, and, uh, and Tefillah. And, 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 and Rav Kook was such a person. Uh, that's... That's why I met, that's why his father was from a long line of Lutfaks and his mother the the Chabad Hasidim was on his mother's side they were Lubavitch Hasidim. And he himself had such an unbelievable integration, such a remarkable, healthy, beautiful way of the two worlds of Torah and Tfila. But this is a very, very big Avaida which our entire Vaidas Hashem is depending upon. <clears throat> and we're all looking for ourselves and for our children for that that perfect yeshiva, right? Where there will be, will there be unbelievable Torah learning, but it will also be very very spiritual, right? We we're talking about that yesterday. And they'll be filled with with ruach elokim and be filled with tefillah and davar hamelach. And and the Gemara says about davar hamelach. You know, davar hamelach was busy all day passing in shilas. He was a huge tamachachim davar hamelach. It says in the Gemara he was passing in shilas. It says. He was all day long passing showers, and he was he was he was in the Medrash all day long. But then, but then when David Melch, when it came time for Mincha, when it came time for Mincha, David Melch's Mincha was something we can't even dream of what that meant. A Mincha by David Melch, and that same person, David Melch, that same person, David Melch, and when the, when the Shamas came over and told him that there's some we're having some problems with some with some guy down the block, so David Melch put his his tail him down, and he went with his sword and he took care of it. And that was David Melch was such a person, such an Adam Hashalim, that that um, we're waiting for his grandson to bring these two worlds together in a, in a proper way. But this is this is the reason that there's been this tension throughout history between Torah and Tefillah, and the Baruch Shalom is screaming all of the time that that these are not enemies, these are not they're not at odds with each other, that Torah. Torah and Tefillah, Torah and Tefillah go together very, very beautifully. It's part of Avodas Hashem. There's a part from the Rebbe of Hanukkah from Alexander. He says an unbelievable thing. It says by Naomi when she was trying to convince, she was trying to tell the girls to go back home. So it says that she saw Vehimis Ametzis. She saw that that Rus was Misametzis. Wasn't he Misametzis? That Rus was persevered. Like she just couldn't convince her. 
Shehimis Ametzis. What? Yeah, Adam. That's right. She that she saw that that, that Ruth was adamant. Miss Ametzis. She was she was strong. So okay. Say this in the end. In the end, Arpa went and Ruth stayed. Ruth Dovkeva. So the Rebbe of Hanukkah says this. Listen. He said that when a person he says when a person is learning all day and he's like, he has the privilege of learning all the time. So sometimes he thinks. Sometimes he thinks like you know. First of all. To take off time at the daven, so it's like it's it's chaval, it's chaval on this Rabbi Kivega, it's chaval on this Taisus, right? Like a, davening is like an interruption. But then he said, there's another thing. He said there are other boys in the yeshiva that need your help, or other Jews that could use your help in learning. And it's very very hard because you feel, why should I sit and 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 learn with this person something which I already understand and I already know, when I could be growing myself in learning and I could be doing more in learning and I'm st- instead spending time either with my kid learning or something on a very basic level. So Penachel said like this, Alexander said, when it says in the Pasuk, that Naomi saw that Rus was adamant, that Rus was Miss Ametis, meaning that she was getting even stronger, Miss Ametis in the present. So Rav Hanukkah said, it doesn't really mean, it doesn't really mean that Rus was, was getting stronger. It meant that Naomi realized that by that by talking and by being together with a person such as Rus, she herself was growing stronger in her Yiddish guy. The he misamesis. That by my helping, that by my that by my being by my being with this not helping by my talking with and being with Rus, I thought that this is something that's going to take away from my Vedasha. That she herself was becoming stronger. So the Hanukkah said that when you learn with a child, or when you teach something that doesn't that doesn't know about Yiddishkeit, and you try to help them, and you give them, so he says that that's going to strengthen you more than anything. You're going to be misamates, and you're and you're avodas Hashem, and you're Yiddishkeit, and you're learning, and you're davening. <clears throat> so the person realized that the Torah learning is not God forbid some kind of a cold intellectual game of who could outsmart who and to say something smart but the Torah is Avedis Hashem and the Torah has to be infused with tefillah and that's what the Rebbe says Ragam b'shaz limud ve'ina Torah Svicha Torah le'tefillah the Torah needs tefillah, it needs davening he cried the next page we already learned Shabbaseichel levad that if a person wants to just use his seichel, Shaish ma'ayin b'tayra, is just with one's intellect that he looks into Torah. We're talking about this in Aris Shuvah also, because we're learning Mamish now in Aris Shuvah. The same, the same sugya. If a person who thinks that he's able to study secrets of Torah or deep things in Torah, even though he's, he himself is not changing, so he says that with the seichel itself, Shaish ma'ayin b'tayra. A person can't really, a person is not really certain and can't, a person can't be certain in his seichel that his seichel is attached to Hashem. Why? We don't know that. Sometimes, as a person thinks, well, if I'm learning Torah, that means that my mind is on God. Because I'm learning His Torah, that means my, that obviously my mind is, is focused on God. I'm learning His Torah. But the Rebbe says, yeah, but he says, but that, that's, he says, look, Some, So in other words, when I'm learning Torah, I'm thinking about God's thoughts. But sometimes it's possible for the mind to be thinking about the seichel of somebody who despises you, of somebody who, 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 who hates you, and someone who you're not too fond of. Does that mean that you're attached to the seichel of the person, that you have an attachment to the seichel of the person who hates you? No, it means you're thinking about how he, you're thinking about that person. Or you're thinking about his seichel. It doesn't mean that you love him. You, you, you might hate him. The fact that you, you know, the fact that you intellectually tuned in to somebody else's intellect doesn't create a relationship between the two of you. You might be tuned in to the thoughts of someone who despises you, of someone who you're very far from, but you're thinking about what he's thinking. 
That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you love him. That doesn't mean that you're attached to him. Other rabbi could mean the opposite. So the fact that a person is thinking about what God's thinking. So you're learning Gemara Rashi Tosis. You're learning Rambam. You're learning you're learning something Dafyomi. So you're thinking about what God's thinking. That doesn't mean that you're close to God. The mind itself is very cold. It doesn't mean necessarily the Rebbe says that you're that 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 that's bringing you closer to God. Even though even though. Certainly, if at least a person is learning for the right reason, then even though he might not stop the dive in the middle, certainly it means that, it, it could, as Rabbi Sosalanta said, that every word of Torah brings a refuel to a person and says, Samchayim. But we also see that if a person learns and it's not for the right reason, there could be something which is negative, it could be something which is destructive. The intellect is very, very cold. And, and the fact that a person is thinking about what God is thinking doesn't necessarily change his life. Doesn't necessarily receive that. Doesn't necessarily make a difference in a person's life. You could have someone that could be sitting in yeshiva, and it could be sitting in yeshiva all day, and then and it doesn't it doesn't affect the way that he treats people. It doesn't affect the way that 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 he uh, he looks at life. And it should it should. Why isn't it working? I mean, there are a number of reasons for that. But what the Rebbe is saying here is that perhaps the main reason is because his Torah is not with tefillah. The Torah is not is not with his heart. The Torah is just with his seichel. Is just with his mind, and because the seichel is not together with rotzen, as Rav Cook calls it, rotzen, rotzen. So since it's not together with rotzen, so the Torah not only does the Torah not not have to connect him to Hashem, but very often that Torah itself could even chasuchon pull him further away, and he could find all kinds of things al derech haseichel in his seichel. To rationalize things that he's doing that's wrong, or to come up with all kinds of crazy kakamani explanations and halacha and Torah and so on, because it's not together with tefillah. The person's Torah is all the time with tefillah, and the person's asking always, and the person is learning, and he cha- and his Torah is tefillah, and his tefillah is with Torah, and all of that, so then he won't come to the wrong maskanas, you know, he won't come to the maskana that you can, that, that, that uh, you know that that, that uh, you know that a, that, a, that a woman could be sitting and learning Gemara. He won't come to that maskana. This doesn't happen when the intellect is purely a cold intellect, and it's not combined with tefillah and with the avoda of David Hamelach. So then the mind is capable of taking a person further and further away from God. Similarly, if a person's heart is not attached to Torah, then the, then the results of that could also be very very destructive, as we've learned. You might be thinking about what your enemy is thinking, but you have nothing to do with him. You don't want to have anything to do with him, and he he, he hates you, and he's opposed to you. So just thinking about something doesn't mean that you're close to it. Sometimes you obsess about things that you're most afraid of and that you most and that you hate most, but you think about in an obsessive way. Sometimes you have a, a person who's working someplace for somebody in the boss and, 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 and he's obsessing about this person. That doesn't mean that he's attached to him. It means that he's very, very detached from him. But he's thinking about it and he's worried about it, what he's thinking all the time. <coughs> this is Lokein Tzrichem Anubatayra. That's not what learning Torah is about. El When we're learning Torah. At the time that we're learning Torah, B'shosh Anam Ha'ayinim Ba'chelek Ha'orez Hashem Chachmosu Ritzayni Zbarach Yimashech M'nailu M'shal Yadim L'machenu L'vaveinu This is what the entire Maim is about. How we approach a Sefer. How we should learn. That when we're learning, there's a, a portion of the Ha'orez Hashem, of the wisdom of Hashem, of the, of the infinite light of God that is being drawn from the highest worlds into my mind and into my heart. That's how you learn. That you're, that you're connecting to that energy plant all the way back, the or Ainsaf, the infinite light of Hashem, and I'm trying to reveal that in my mind and in my heart. That a person makes himself into a Merkava to be able to receive the light of Hashem. That this person 
with his Torah learning and in his Torah learning, he's, there's an avoid, there's an etfila, and there's a great effort to be mezgala the elokus, the godliness that's in him. Az kishabola Torah, then when you sit and you learn, you open up the sefer, even if, whether it's a gemara or whatever it is. Kishabola Torah, who oisik b'shosh and nagach esapara, who ma'ayin ba b'sich like esashos. And you're sitting, you're learning a difficult sugi and zikin. You're learning Gemaras and Bavakam, Messiah, Bavabas, you're learning and you have to concentrate with your Seichel and you're thinking and you're learning this Gemara for a number of hours. After that learning that was that was preceded by a strong tefillah and that even occasionally for a minute here and there you, you, you stopped and thought during the during the learning that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light should be revealed mamish in my mind and in my heart that should be a Gilui of Elokus within me as we were learning this entire Maimer, then after you finish learning for those few hours, you're going to see that you're in this Allah, that, you, that you're in a different place. Ruach Hashem Poyimbo. And that the Ruach of Hashem is resounding within you, it's beating within you. Because you've revealed more of God's presence in your life instead of just having an hour or two that, that you were able to outsmart your Harusa, or that you're able to get in the last word. But this is a this is a Torah that changes your life, makes a difference in your life, <clears throat> and it's, it, it's something which is it's something which is said. And you see that it, it, this is this would be like the biggest chiddush if we if we would say this over. Even though Chavisat Talmudim is a sefer that's become acceptable in the yeshiva world, but if we would try to make this part of the curriculum in the yeshivas, could you imagine what what a commotion it would cause? But what if it would be? If it would be that the, that the learning would be with with with, with singing and with rikudim with avodin with tefillah, and and that's how the, that's how we would come into the learning, and 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 there would be this feeling so, you know, that as opposed to what many many of the, uh, of the boys see that 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 a lot of the wonderful people are the rebbeim meshivas themselves that the davening is not is not not, not a davening and, and that it's. And it's just to get to, to finish up the, the davening and to get to learning, but the tefillah is not avoid, and the tefillah is not an important part of the day, and it's not something which is uh, essential to the to the life of the yeshiva. Therefore, you have in Yerushalayim, you have some of the most chashvi yeshivas in Yerushalayim that the bechlal don't even daven tefillah b'tzibur in the yeshiva. They just if you go in Yerushalayim. It's not like that if you go to the yeshivas outside of Yerushalayim because you can't say you daven someplace because everybody knows that. Like, what are you going to say if you if you're in some yeshiv, you know? If you know, if the yeshiva, what are you going to say? That it can't be out there. Where did you daven? I mean, you, you davened in the yeshiva, you didn't daven. You, you didn't daven. But when you're in Yishalayim, you know how it is in Yishalayim. Nobody will ever know to 120 whether you daven, the way you daven. So you have some of those chashav yeshivas, the guys are dragging around 9 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, going to Shtibluch and going, and going to catch a little bit of a kriya tire and to daven for 15 minutes here. And then they then they sit down and then they go to then they go to hear shir from Adam Gadol after the whole tefillah was 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 just uh, this way. And the chlal, this is um this is making this is this is making uh, making it difficult for the Torah to to really uplift us. There's never been so much Torah like we have now. But if the Torah is not going to be together with tefillah, if it's not going to be together with davening. So then it's so then and if the davening is something which is unimportant, which is which is uh, which is not seen as being so important. So it's very very hard to have this kind of this alus, and for the ruach Hashem, so to to, to, to fill a person and to actually and to make a and to make a difference in how that person and how that person lives. So somebody could be impressed intellectually, but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily change the person's life. And 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 that's something which is which is the separation between Moshe Rabbeinu and David Amalek, which which is causing a tremendous amount of pain in our generation. Nachzil and Nizkilel, the Rebbe finishes the Maimer. Betfila during davening, davening nefesh isha Yisraeli misraimemes, the soul of a Jew, the soul of a Jew is misraimem, it's elevated. For Hashem is gala, and the light of Hashem is revealed within him. Mistakelus and Mishacheres by his baruch, and he's able to have a glimpse and to be uh, to become unified with Hashem. Even though it's true, we're not 
it's not anymore like it was, and our, our glimpse is only from a distance, but Sof Kol Sof, as we learned, it still is a way of our peeking at Kiv Yochlet Hashem Isbarach, having, having a, a glimpse. V'zehu ruach ha-tahara ha-oinig v'simcha ruchan shamagish ha-ish betfilasa. And this is the tremendous ruach of pureness and the great delight and the spiritual joy that a person feels in his davening. And even it continues on after davening, this feeling. If he daven the right way. So he's talking, of course, He's talking to the boys, the Bachram, and he says, The morning should be very, very holy. A Jew's morning should be very holy. And I've said this, many, many people have gotten to this thing that really, it's because it, it was like that really in the yeshivas, and it sort of carries on later in life, that, they, that, they, that when they become Balabatim and they're already going to work, that that they try to make the night the time that they're going to that they're going to have their connection to God, and the morning is just you know rolling out of bed, running to some 15-20 minute minion thing, coming late to that 20 minute minion, and then and then catching a train, and then at night after a day's work, which is which a day that's filled with aggravation and narishkeit and tumma, and talking to and talking to all kinds of Shkotsim and Ramosim, and then the person, and then the person, at the end of that day, feeling exhausted, knowing that his wife already has a kapeid and a taina, how come he's not here, putting the kid to sleep and doing homework with the kid, and all of these things, and the person, then the person uh, gives a crack, and it's a holy thing, oh, it's a very holy thing, but it just doesn't, it doesn't work for many people. For some people, it does. <laughs> And to open to open in the Gemara and to and to listen to some some fine Jews say mean he doesn't know whether it's Chulm or whether it's Avadazara, he doesn't know it's Nazikim Mamayid. And if you ask him what he learned fifteen minutes ago, <clears throat> he doesn't know. As opposed to a person trying to get to sleep at a normal time, at the end of the day a person's karchis at a very, very low ebb. And to try to get to sleep at a normal time, to learn a little bit something lighter at night, to try to learn something, to be to be mavisedra, to learn some mishnayis or something, and and to and, and, and to, to learn some sipurimaisis, some sadikim, some stories, and the guide slowly to try to go to sleep at, at a normal time, at a at a good time, to try to go to sleep, and then and then to be able to get up in the morning earlier, and to have and to have a morning that's kodesh l'ashem. This is. The stipler screamed about this over and over. He told them in the yeshiva, he used to say that the boys, there are letters that we have from the stipler that they should go to sleep at 10 o'clock. He said the average person after 10 o'clock is learning is not learning. So he thinks he's learning. He says it, but he looks at it again. He looks at it again. He says it two or three times. You ever have that? Are you looking at something? And it's just not going. You read the words, but they didn't register. So the person goes to sleep at 10 o'clock. The stipler said he get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's the same six hours. If a guy is going to bed at 2 o'clock, he's trying to learn. He hasn't really been learning for the last few hours. He's saying words, but he's not really learning. And if a person will go to sleep at a normal time, that the, and that the morning should be Kaidish Lasham. <coughs> Shabbos morning, with an unbelievable time, to be Kaidish Lasham Shabbos morning. That person should try to get to sleep Friday night at a reasonable time. I mean, you have people that go to sleep reasonable and they get up late also. That's, <laughs> but that, that's not an Ayyad Hashem. That's Tam, the Batlan. I'm an Ayyad Hashem. An Ayyad Hashem, Friday night. So for some people, they're just, it's very, very hard. So there are different ways of, of dealing with that. And the, the, that's why I've spoken how the Friday night learning is unbelievably lifting. Sometimes a person in the winter, you could rest maybe for a half hour, 40 minutes. In the, in the summer, it's, it's already very late. So a person could go to sleep early Friday night, but he can get up early. Shabbos morning. What's more beautiful than Shabbos morning? Shabbos morning, the person can get up at five o'clock and could sit down and and could and could, if you like a coffee, you like a tea, and to sit down and to and to and to learn. It's so still, it's so quiet, and then from that to go to mikvah, to go into tefillah, to go into davening, and then you know it's a long Shabbos. It's the summer Shabbos. You have time to have a, a nap. Shabbos after the meal to rest a little bit. You're not you're not on such a tight schedule. Shabbos has some time. 
that a person can make. A person has to know different times of the year how to make Shabbos. The winter, the winter, the Ikra is Friday night. In the, in the summer, the Ikra is Shabbos morning. Shabbos morning could be Kaidish Lashem, an unbelievable Shabbos morning. Instead of a person, what kind of Shabbos a person gets up at eight at eight twenty-five and goes to daven eight thirty? He gets up eight thirty, goes to daven nine o'clock. So the, the davening, a person gets up. Everybody can get up at five o'clock, five thirty on, on a Shabbos morning, and it sounds so. It sounds so strange if your whole life Shabbos was the time where you you know when you sleep till nine o'clock. That we have that from when we were teenagers. And, and that, that we have this hasaga you know, that you have to sleep till you know whatever and. And we grew up with that. What was it? Where does it say Shabbos morning that a person can't can't have hashkam on Shabbos morning? It says someplace that a person can't get up at five o'clock on a Shabbos morning. You go to sleep earlier. So nowadays, Friday night, very often by the time a person gets back from work and he comes back from shul and he has the suda, it's already eleven o'clock, right? Friday night. It's already tonight's going to be eleven o'clock by the time you say, by the time you bench eleven o'clock. And 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 it's hard because during the during the summer the summer times. Uh, after Pesach, so people Balabatim they have to they have to try to stay at work later on Friday since you know, fair is fair they were leaving work early the whole winter and 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 they need to stay later at work because it's it's not fair for them to to leave early so early on Fridays when they were leaving early the whole year so that it's 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 a legitimate thing to stay late at work on Friday these months. So by the time they bench on Friday night they're ready you know it's already like you know over a bottle. So go to sleep and get shlufen. So you go to sleep at 11 o'clock, and you can get up. You can you can you can still have six hours of sleep, and you get up at five o'clock. It's, it's six hours a person. Well, who needs more than six hours of sleep? Only if somebody is not well, God forbid. If someone's not healthy, otherwise, why should a person need more than six hours of sleep? But it says in magazines that people need eight to ten hours of sleep. These are these are the same Scots and Hermosum I was talking about <laughs> by writing the articles. So they told you that you need. It would take be good for them to sleep 15 hours. That's what it says. Shayna, it says sleep is good for the Rishayim because when they're sleeping, so they don't then they don't stare the whole world with their Narishkite. So for them, it's good to sleep 12, 15. They should sleep 24 hours. It would also be good, but for a yid to be sleeping the whole time, it's not good. <clears throat> a yid doesn't have to sleep more than six hours. It's already mugzam to sleep more than six hours unless God forbid he's not well. And like the, one of the one of the chavim told me that his that. That he had uh, Swadi that that the that the the rav of his shul when he was growing up the chacham used to say yelach abeis manli shon odmat odmat odkam he'll be sleeping plenty don't worry he'll be sleeping plenty and that's when you'll feel worms coming at you and eating away and the bugs are eating you have plenty of time to sleep but but this world this world is not is not a time to sleep a little bit the person needs to sleep it's not like sleep is like sleep is not a tachlis people look at sleep as being like it's it's an, it's like a it's a tachlis it's not tachlis it's it's, a, it's something which is it's necessary and the Bani made sleep it's a gewaldige thing with sleep it says neshem in order that his neshem should have such a hisyachadus with Hashem they should be able to be a, a, a person should be able to be refreshed and renewed and the Shama could come back. So the person says, well, you know, I'd rather my Neshama spend more hours with Hashem. <laughs> why, you know, why, why limit it to six hours if my Neshama could spend eight or ten hours with Hashem? See, it's not plus. It's even better. Than, that's not the tachlis of our being in the world. The boy is The morning should be very holy. There's a place. There's a place I go in the summer. There's a place where I go in the summer a lot of times. A chassidish camp that's near my bungalow. So I go. To, I go to the mikveh there, and I like. To, I go there to learn. It's uh, It's just. It's. It's something that's hard for us to understand. That you know. That it's so. It's so far removed from our way of of growing up. I don't know how even to describe it. If you'd see, but first of all. First of all, like even when I when I come there, like in the afternoons, and they they, they give them off, I think like 10-15 minutes, and they're all in the lavush, you know, like like 150 boys like trying to catch one ball, and and the rebbe and the rebbe is like sitting with a safer, and he doesn't look up, and he, and he just says, "Quiet, stop it, stop it." And if someone passes by, he slaps them, you know. It's like you have to see it's like a whole thing, but 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 the, you go there. They have to get up. The boys have to get up at five o'clock in the morning, in the summer. And there's a and there's a three-hour seder in the morning, and then mikveh, and then davening for an hour and a half. Davening. They learn the whole day long. 
just the difference between camp and in the city is that in the late afternoon, I think they have like an hour or something like that. Now, for for certain boys, that that, that could be that could be very very dangerous. Some maybe can't take it. But it's 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 something you know. You see, this is this is camp. Was, this is relaxation time. It's so such and the and the and when I sit there in the base medrash, I sit there in the base medrash, see these screaming, screaming at the learning and and, and it's unbelievable. The screaming doing and then and then then the minchas with such a hisalus and and and. It, it's it's something to see. It's just something to see. It's 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 uh, and that's camp. It's camp. You know, like uh, in the camps that we grew up in, that we're familiar with, that that if you try, you know, you have to give them like all kinds of prizes to get the kid to learn for half hour, or, or else he's gonna, you know, he'll, he'll make a break. He'll try to jump over the fence and you know catch a bus, catch a bus, you know, and not the cello or something, <laughs> make a break. And, and hear these kids like it's hard to believe. Like the, the, you know, I look at them. I see these are these are boys, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, and you're thinking like, you know, it's a crazy thing. But you think like, don't you don't you need to have a break or to have some fun or to, and 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 uh, it's, it's something. It's an amazing thing. Friday afternoon, you go to the I go to the when I go to the mikvah Friday afternoon. Three o'clock in the afternoon. That's when the seder is finished. Three o'clock in the afternoon. They don't open the mikvah till three, because they don't want guys to go to the mikvah early. Three o'clock in the afternoon is the seder is finished, and then and then you see that the boys uh, that the boys play a little bit. They have they have some. They don't have any basketball court or anything like that. There's nothing like that. It's just like this big piece of grass, and it's like a hill. Now the guys like rolling down and throwing things up and falling down and. And playing and playing around and you know yelling at each other like kids should do. Shabbos, Arab Shabbos after three o'clock. There's like a there's like a. <clears throat> and so you so then, and and I want to tell you something. The learning there is not ivrit bivrit. <laughs> I'll tell you that it's not ivrit bivrit. And go compare the, those boys what they know. Compare them to 12th graders and, and uh, uh, compare these 11 year olds to take a 12th, a 12th grader. I challenge any 12th grader from, the, from our schools with one of these little kids. I hear what they're learning, I hear how they're learning, and I talk to them. Unbelievable. They can't get over me like some guy that can't speak Yiddish properly that looks like me. It's like this whole thing, like they, you know, but I, but I became friends with Eddie with like, like this is, these kids, adorable, adorable kids. But, but, uh, you know, they all like try to talk to me. Then they think I don't know any Hebrew either. So, like, you know, they don't know anything. So they try to say everything, you know, about God. They try to talk to me like in, in English. They're afraid that, like, you know, you know, Balchiva. So, but it's it's an unbelievable thing to see, like, you know, to see that in in our times that there could be such a thing. And, and then, of course, I always think of Shalom, Hold on to these kids that they should stay like this. They should stay innocent and pure, and that they shouldn't. That they, that they should be the way that they are now, with so much avoid and so much, there's so much excitement in their learning, and, and that's that's. So the the mornings kodesh yelacha tilmad by tayma tehillim kavana. Let's just finish, learn, spend, say say some tehillim kavana. Bechlal yavro lach abayka bekayved rosh. The morning should pass in a very serious way bekayved rosh. Try not to talk about things that are not absolutely necessary in the morning. Don't talk about things that you don't have to talk about. The entire morning, during the learning and everything, you should feel as if you're a person that's waiting online, that you're about to go see the king. You're preparing to meet the king. And after davening the whole day, don't lose your davening that you had in the morning. Don't let it get lost throughout the day. And don't lose what you acquired. You should know, he says, Hashem, Elokei Yisrael from the highest, highest heavens is coming to you. Guard your soul. Not to distance yourself from Hashem who is coming to you. Of course I know, it's true. That you can't be the entire day, you can't feel the way that you felt during Davni. At least guard yourself. That at least the way that you behave the entire day should be. 
in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions, Kiish Yisrael, like a Jew. Kiish Yisrael, Hashem Shorah upon whom Hashem's presence rests. That's how you should live the entire day. Even though you can't feel the hergish that you had by davening, at least, at least, if your davening was a davening, then, then it's possible that your machshavi, your diba of the day should be the way that a Jew should think, and a, and a person should, and a Jew should, should speak, and a Jew should act, someone who's connected to, to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So, as Hashem, next Friday we're going to have this chus to, to learn one of the most amazing, amazing things in the world. This Maimur on Shabbos, on Kedusha Shabbos, so the Rebbe allows us into his heart, but he a little bit of a taste of what he felt like on Shabbos. It's an amazing thing.